0: Tonight, I'm going to be talking about something that is a, a value, We're continuing uh, speaking into the values of our church, but this value is something that's very close to my heart, and it is this, our church is a servant-hearted church. We go the extra mile to build his house with our God-given gifts and talents. I want us to say this together tonight, because this is, this is a strong value as a, as for us as a church. So we're going to do it on three, okay? One, two, three. Our church is a servant hearted church. We go the extra mile to build his house with our God given gifts and talents. So good. So good. You know, I love our church. I love our church, I love our pastors, I love what we're all about, I love that we can come here on a Sunday night and uh, not just go through the motions of a, a service where we talk about God, but experience God in a real and powerful way. Experience the living God, where we can come completely drained, completely frustrated, uh, completely defeated, but live completely refreshed, empowered, and filled with the power of God for our lives. I love our church so so much, and uh, but the church—it—it it just doesn't happen. You know, it takes—it takes an army of people who love God and want to build His house to make the thing, make the make the wheels tick. It just doesn't happen. And uh, you know, uh, in John thirteen verse one, we'll put this scripture up right now. And uh, we're just going to be looking at uh, a section of Jesus's life and some things that he said around this. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew his hour had come to leave this world and to return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. So the Passover celebration was an important festival. It was important because really it was a festival for the Jewish culture to remember what God had done, had taken them out of Egypt, had taken them out of slavery into a free people. So this celebration was remembering what God had done for them. And Jesus, in this time, in this very moment, on the way to this festival... He came to the realization that he, he came to the realization that he was going to die. He came to the realization that you know what I'm going to come I'm going to come to this place, this festival, and I'm going to get arrested. I'm going to get beaten. I'm going to get tortured. I'm going to get crucified, and then I'm going to get buried. So you've got to understand the things that Jesus does between now. And to when he's captured, arrested, has some significant weight to it, has power to it. This is the last words. These are the last kind of few words of Jesus. So what does the Son of God, the living God, have to say to us? You know, have you, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. You know, if what would you do differently if you knew when you were, you know, you're going to die, when you're going to cark it. Like, what would you do differently? If you, had a week, if you had a week to live, what would you change in your life? If you had a month to live, what would you change in your life? You know, if you had three months to live, what would you change in your life? You know, we, uh, we uh, I, I was Googling bucket list ideas. Not because I'm planning to die, but I thought, oh, you know, let's, you know, what would you want to do before you die? So, um, you know, the top bucket list, uh, bucket list things that people wanted to do before they died was one to watch their child be born. I was like, yep, cool. Have a white Christmas was right up there. I was like, all right, cool. So, and uh, the third one was visit all seven continents of the earth. I was like, okay, cool. I haven't done any of those, so I'm a bit behind the game. (laughs) <laughs> but um you know what would you do differently it's a powerful question to ask yourself what would you do differently you know i, I think you know we're going to go to to glory in heaven with god one day but uh, i want to make sure that i use every day here as valuable and, and for jesus as much as we can verse four if we got that on the screen so Jesus realizes he's going to, going to die. So he got up from the table and took off his robe. Jesus got naked. Um, he wrapped a towel around his waist, verse five, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around, around him. there's a few observations with this. First one is that we think, okay, Jesus just took off his garments and put a towel around him. Okay. You got to understand that this was completely whack. You got to understand that, you know, he was, Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. He was a teacher. He was the leader. And he took off the garments that said everything that said that. He took off the garments and put a towel around him. What, was, what did the towel mean? Was it just a, like a bath towel? No, it was, it was slave clothing. That's what the slaves of the day used to do. Wear. They didn't wear a garment, they wore a towel. So we got the son of the living God in his last moments. Take off his garments. They said, this is who I am and put on slave clothes, and served the disciples. Jesus washed their feet. you got to understand that when you enter into a Jewish house, when you entered into a, a, a place uh, where, where, where the Jews gathered, is, there, is that you would be greeted by two people, two types, one of two people. One, you'd be greeted by a slave. And that slave's job was to wash your feet, before you entered into the house, the other person you would meet if you didn't meet a slave is because they couldn't afford slave was the host of the uh, the house who invited you over. They would come and they would wash your feet. It wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, a popular job, as you can imagine. Have you ever thought of like I was looking at my feet the other day and I'm like, geez, my feet are mung. <laughs> I kicked my pinky toe when I was younger. It's all like all whacked out, you know. (laughs) And uh, you know, but like I always think, oh, how much worse would the disciples' feet be? They didn't have like closed-in shoes. They had sandals, and they walk long distances. You know, their feet would be covered in dirt and grime and uh, they would be dry and they would have cracked and then, you know, some, some unfortunate soul, you're the person that has to wash your feet. <laughs> Tinnia, thanks, Teresa. <laughs> the third observation of this is that none of the disciples did anything about it. Their leader... The person that they've seen do these amazing miracles. The person that they've seen walk on water. The person that's seen them feed 15,000 people. The person that they realize is the son of the living God sent to set them free. Has changed clothes in front of them, sat down and started washing their feet. And yet there's no account of them actually doing anything about it. They just sit there. And watch. This is just this, I don't know if it's an awkward moment. Like, what's Jesus doing? This is crazy. I don't know. But there's no account of them doing anything. Verse 13. You call me teacher and you call me Lord. And you're right because that's what I am. So Jesus just said, I am what you say I am. I am your teacher. I am your Messiah. I am everything that, that that you think I am. I am that person. I am your boss. 14, verse 14. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Jesus, on his deathbed, coming to the realization that he is going to die, decides to school the disciples about being a servant to one another. The king, the son of God, he didn't need to, he had the title, he had done the amazing miracles, but yet in all that, in his final moments, he decided to take a place of a servant, to take off his garments, to put on slave clothes and to serve as an example of how we should live. You know, this, uh, this month uh, or next month, one of the two, I can't remember, um, will be 13 years since I gave my heart to God. In this church, in the green building down the road, 13 years I became a Christian. You know, when I walked into these doors, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I believed. I was a confused young man, angry at life, not sure what or who I wanted to be. And I remember when I gave my heart to God, God showed himself so real and so powerfully to me in that moment. And it completely changed my, completely changed my world. You know, if, if you're here tonight and you're, you don't know God, if you're not a Christian, I want to, we're going to, I'm going to give you an invitation to invite God to become a Christian tonight in this place. Because one, I know that God is real and God will completely change your world. And, uh, but I jumped on serving at church. I joined uh, the steward team, the stewards, and uh, joined the steward team and I was serving there. And then after a little while, I jumped onto. I jumped onto the, um, I jumped onto the youth team, and then I served on the uh, the sound and media team. Who let me do that? <laughs> um, and then someone thought it'd be a good idea for me to meeting coordinate. I got a picture of me meeting coordinating. Uh, have we got that photo? We don't have that photo. Awesome. <laughs> just pretend I'm doing it now. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was, I just, but you know what? This is what Jesus did. Why did Jesus do all those things? He didn't have to wash the disciples' feet. What was the reason for it? And it was the simple thing is that it was for love. And that's the foundation of us serving before anything else. It isn't a task. It isn't a job. It isn't, oh, these are all the things I need to do and checklists and things like that. But the foundation of it all is I just love the house of God. You know, and when I started serving, I didn't care I was cleaning toilets. That was the steward job back then. I didn't care that after every service, we had to Pack up all the like all the back of the seats in, in our church so we could have like a makeshift foyer so we could have coffee and connect after church i didn't I just love the house of God. I just love the house of God that's all that matters you know i i just i never I never actually thought about I'm putting out a seat because oh it's a job no I put out a seat because you know what someone might sit in that seat. That was like me 13 years ago. You know, I, 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 and that's, that's where our heart needs to be. Before anything, it's not about a role or a title or a, a, a task. It's about, you know what, the, the biggest question of all of a servant-hearted person is, how much do you love the house of God? How in love are you with God's house? You know, I look at Nick Hickman who serves on our band. You know, I haven't known Nick not to serve. I haven't known Nick not to serve. I, I remember he was a, a junior kids leader. Then he became an adult leader. And then he's on the band. He served on our youth team. Still does. Isn't that right, Nick? Yeah, cool. You know, and I, I, look, I, you know, I look at Nick and I don't see someone who's really good at doing tasks. I see someone who's just absolutely in love with the house of God, who just loves the house of God. So tonight, you know, ask yourself this question. How in love are you with God's house? How in love are you with God's house? And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a married man, four, four years married to a, a beautiful South African woman. They played in the rugby last night, and it was a tie between Australia and South Africa. What do you do? I don't know. Um, it's just like, just, just I don't know. No one won, so high five. I don't know. <laughs> um. I was going to say now, (laughs) (laughs) but it all comes back to it's, it's, you know, in our, in our, in our marriage is this, is that we need to show love to one another. My job as a husband is to understand how my, my wife feels loved. You know, she is a quality time person. So I've got to make undivided attention for her. I've got to put the phone away and, but it's a way of expressing love. And really, as someone who's a servant heart, you love the house of God. You've just got to figure out the way that you want to express that love in the house of God. How do you want to express it? What are you good at? You know what? I tried the steward team. I was good at that. I tried the sound of multimedia team. Wasn't that good at that, but you might be. I tried the kid. Oh, I did do the kids team. I was good at that (laughs) for a couple of years. (laughs) I served in youth. I just tried things and you know what What I found is as I served, I discovered more and more about who I was and what God had given me and what I was passionate about and what I loved. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a bit of uh, a vulnerable kind of moment in my walk with God that I wasn't too particularly proud of. And actually, it probably lasted about 12 months. Um, you know, I love the house of God. I love serving his house. Well, I was serving in our youth ministry. I, went into, I jumped into the back of a mate's car. We drove down to Sydney. We went to a youth conference there. It was called Phenomena. It was phenomenal. And uh, we had great guys like James Murray, Jurgen Matesius were preaching. And um, I came back really on fire for young people. I came back on fire for young people, so I decided, you know what, youth is where I wanted to give all my focus to. I want to serve in this area, but there was a problem. The problem wasn't that the fact that I didn't love the house of God, the problem wasn't the fact that I didn't uh, love God, the problem wasn't the fact that I was investing into young people, but the problem was in my heart. The problem in my heart was that it wasn't, though I was doing on the outside all the good things, on the inside it was all about me. See this is the cool thing about the story with Jesus it, it, it really it has nothing to do with God with Jesus it's all about the action that he did and this is what i realized is that even though I was serving with the right intentions investing into the house of God it was all about me it's all about me philippians 2 verse 3 and 5 says this don't be selfish don't try and impress others. I was selfish. I was trying to impress others. Be humble. I wasn't doing too good there either. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. You know what? It was a game. How far ahead can I get How far ahead can I get in front of my peers? Don't look out only for your own interests. You know what? A servant-hearted person? It's not about you, it's about what you can give. No strings attached. But taking interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Christ had, bringing it back to the attitude of a servant. You know, tonight in this place, I challenge you to ask you this question, where is your heart at? Are you a servant-hearted person? Yeah, you might be doing the right things. You might have the right attitude. You might be, uh, you know, on the outside, look like it all good together, but you might be even serving in a high capacity. On the inside, it's all with the wrong motives. It's all about you. It's all about how far you can get. But, you know, I realized it's about nothing to do with me, but everything to do with God, about magnifying him, about showing people his love, about empowering people, to change the world. You know, I look, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a ministry area pastor, Jeremy said, I look after young adults and 25 plus, you know, I literally, all I see my job is to love people, to love God, and to release people what God's called them to do. I don't see, you know, I see this as an honor and privilege. I look at this, I get up on stage and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Why would they do this? Um, <laughs> but it all comes down to the simple thing. It's just nothing to do with me, but everything I can give. Give to people in this place. Come on, let's close our eyes right now. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, right now, God. Lord, it's our desire, mighty God. Lord, to serve you with a servant heart, God. Lord... We have no hidden agendas, Heavenly Father. No hidden agendas. We're not striving for titles or positions, God. But Lord, just to love your house, to love you, Heavenly Father, to love the people that you bring here, mighty God.